Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. How you doing, Red Sox fans? Welcome to episode 13 of the Believe in Red Sox podcast. How are we doing, everyone? Hello, hello. Good morning to all of you that are joining me here live on YouTube. You'll also be able to find this on wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, whether that's Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Apple, wherever it may be. But uh, every time I do an episode, I do do it live here on YouTube. Welcome, everyone. I'm glad to see a lot of familiar faces here in the chat with me. We got some members here. We got some moderators here. It's always nice to see all of your friendly faces. And uh, welcome. Episode 13 of the Believe in Red Sox podcast. Uh, We got a busy show for this one. We got the trade deadline fast approaching. I know all of you out there, you are quite excited for the trade deadline coming up. Uh, We got around, what, uh, about three more days now. We got today. We got Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And then uh, Tuesday at 6 p.m. is the trade deadline. Uh, We do have a quick super chat coming in uh, from 1E499. Thank you so much for that. Do you think it still even makes sense for the Sox to go after a Montas or Castillo at the deadline or be more conservative? I'm going to dive into all of that, uh, so stay tuned. I'm going to be talking specifically about Luis Castillo and Montas. Um, That's going to be – I'm going to go over – the series with the Guardians from this past week, and then we're going to dive into all of the trade deadline stuff. So uh, definitely stay tuned for that. I'm going to answer all of your questions. 1E, thank you for the 499 Super Chat. But um, but yeah, that's what we're doing for this show. Quick little recap of the series with the Guardians. Ended up getting the split there. And then uh, we're just going to dive in trade deadline. What are the Red Sox going to do? Uh, we actually do have some comments from guys like Heim Bloom, Sam Kennedy, even Xander Bogarts last night commented on basically all of the speculation regarding him when it comes to uh, a possible trade. So we're going to dive into it. But I do have to go over today's sponsor, and that is Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines find reviews and news for every league including major league baseball nfl nba nxl combat sports esports and even golf bet online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in-game betting props and futures head to bet online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet use our promo code believe 50 B L E A V 50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So if you deposit 20 bucks, bet online will give you 10 bucks as well. So definitely go take advantage of that. If you're into the sports betting game, bet online where the game starts. And also don't forget, we are partners with SeatGeek. Use my code hide. You get $20 off your first purchase. So if you're looking to go to a game for the stretch run of the season, absolutely take advantage of my code 20 bucks. That gets you a couple of hot dogs, maybe a beer. Go get, go, go, go use my code and uh prize picks. We're talking about bet online, but if you want to try another form of sports betting, prize picks is a great option. You get a 100% deposit match if you use my code Ginger. So if you deposit 20 bucks, they will give you 20 bucks. So everyone, let's just get to it here. Let's get to the Cleveland Guardian series. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about this, you know, because we're here for one reason. We're here for one reason only. If you're with me here on YouTube, if you're listening, whether wherever you're listening to your favorite podcast, you want to know what's going on with the trade deadline. We all want to know what's going on with that. But uh, so really quick, let's just go over this past series. If you're with me here on YouTube, you will be able to see my screen. Uh, taking a look here in the in the first game, the Red Sox, they were coming off a terrible series of the Blue Jays. Absolutely abysmal. But uh, they got off to a strong start in this series, able to take this one three to one. Um, you know, not a whole lot of offense here. We had the six hits, the three runs. We had a few different guys contributing. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. 
uh, having a double there. You're not really seeing too much from him this year, but so it's nice to see him actually doing some damage. Um, you know, he actually had Yomer Sanchez actually come through with an RBI here. Trevor Story on the IL right now. Uh, you know, hey, we're going to talk more about this Red Sox team in a little bit, but definitely a lot of guys banged up at the moment. And uh, Verdugo and Vasquez also coming through with RBIs as well. And then uh, Pavetta. Had a really good bounce back start here from his previous start. Five and two thirds. Gave up seven hits, but only gave up a run. Six Ks. Uh, you got to like what Pavetta did here. Schreiber and uh, Whitlock. Whitlock coming in for a two inning save. That's what I like to see from Garrett Whitlock. That's that's it right there. That's why he's in this bullpen. Um, it, I th I've been waiting for them to do that for this entire season. I feel like if they had just done that from the start, you know, didn't even mess around with it. Didn't even try to play around with it. I feel like we'd have a few more wins here. And, uh, you know, it's nice to see that they have just finally committed to that. It, with someone like Whitlock, it was just such a no-brainer for me to keep him in that bullpen, to keep him as that main guy, that main option at the back end. So, uh, you know, coming in, two-inning save. I mean, you know, close game as well, 3-1. Uh, in the second game, Cleveland... They just came out with the bats in this one. Quan went three for five out of the leadoff spot. He's having himself a solid rookie year. Uh, guys like Rosario, Naylor going two for, getting a couple of hits as well. Just a lot of offense here. Hedges with another, you know, I don't know what it is with Austin Hedges at Fenway Park. This guy just, he just mashes at Fenway. I don't know what it is, um, but Hedges coming through with some offense of his own. You know, guys like Nolan Jones had a big game. Owen Miller. You know, Rosario coming through with RBIs. So Cleveland's offense really took it to Winkowski in this one. He had himself a pretty rough start. His ERA has jumped up into the fives. Offense just non-existent really in this one. I mean, he had a little bit here from Bogarts. Vasquez coming through. Ploiecki too. Uh, but just Cleveland, they just took it to him here in game two. And then in game three, you know, he had a close one here. Cleveland winning it late. Josh Naylor coming through in the end uh, for, the, uh, for the Guardians. You know, Tanner Houck ended up getting the loss in this one. Evaldi. Definitely a better start than the last time out against the Blue Jays. He went in uh, six innings, gave up the nine hits, four runs. But uh, Evaldi, it still looks like he he's still searching here. You know, you got to remember with Evaldi, he had a, a bit of a layoff there. Uh, he missed some time. I think Evaldi is going to get himself back on track. He's trending in the right direction. The fact that he went into the sixth inning in this one, that's a good sign for me. Um, but yeah, Schreiber in the end, you know, Schreiber's just been so locked down and he ended up giving up the run there. In his two innings of work, he ended up getting the blown save. And then Hauk ended up coming in in the end. You had Whitlock go the previous you – know, in in that uh, in that first game. Actually, did Whitlock pitch in the second game? No, Whitlock did not pitch in the second game. So I, I, I almost find it a little curious, you know, that they went with – I guess because with Whitlock, they got to try and manage that workload a little bit. So they wanted to give him a couple of games off. But Hauk ended up going back-to-back -back games here. Um, I thought maybe Whitlock could have been – into this game but I don't know in the end the Red Sox a tough loss there they definitely could have won this series they were right there in the end but ended up blowing it there late in the game and then in game four uh yesterday Xander Bogarts with a big three-run homer basically just making a statement that like hey I'm here to stay man this is what I'm here to do I'm here to help this team win some games and he came up absolutely in a big spot uh helping the Red Sox salvage the split and uh Hey, you end up splitting the series. The Red Sox are at 500, 50 and 50 on the year. Uh, if we're taking a look at the standings as of right now, uh, the Red Sox, they are behind Cleveland and Baltimore for, and as well as Tampa, who has the third wild card spot. The Red Sox three and a half back of that third wild card spot, which is just crazy to me, considering that, uh, you know, this was a team that was atop the wild card race at one point, and they have just completely free falling. Uh, they're, they are, they have been completely free falling in the last couple of weeks. I mean, that, <laughs> that 28 run out, but outburst from the blue Jays, just, uh, my goodness, that's still just deeply affecting me. That was just like, what the heck even happened in that one? But for the Red Sox, the fact that it feels like they're a lot further behind in these standings, it's crazy to me that, you know, you were seeing a team like Baltimore right now, you know, and I was thinking before this year even started Baltimore, you know, this is a team that has some talent. In a way, it's almost not surprising to see them in this spot. I was very skeptical skeptical about what pitching they had coming into this year, but they had some good pieces in that lineup. So 
Hey, for Baltimore, they're playing some good baseball lately. They've kind of come back down to earth recently, but uh, the Red Sox, they see themselves behind Baltimore and Cleveland and Tampa for that third wild card spot. Now, let's kind of just get into what are the Red Sox looking like lately? Let's take a look at the fan graph rankings for the offense over the last week. The Red Sox are only 20th overall in Major League Baseball when it comes to WRC+. The offense has definitely... Uh, been pretty inconsistent going back the last couple of series and then if we're taking a look at the starting pitching obviously the pitching has just been awful uh right now in the last seven days the Red Sox with the starting pitching have a 7.86 ERA a 4.61 FIP uh taking a look at the bullpen that's really not all that much better either 22nd overall in Major League Baseball over the last seven days an 8.10 ERA 4.69 FIP uh the Red Sox, man, right now, this team, they're banged up. They got a lot of injuries right now. This team is not flowing like it should be. I mean, if you're looking at this rotation, you got Nathan Evaldi, who just came back recently after having a bit of a layoff there. He's struggling, so really, when Evaldi's coming in, he's, he's not helping you at all. Uh, Cutter Crawford, uh, he actually did look pretty good last night. Actually, I forgot to mention him. Cutter Crawford, he went into the sixth inning. He went five and two-thirds, three hits, one earn. I think you got to keep Crawford in this rotation at this point. He's been having himself a really solid year. So, actually, let me pull up here some Cutter Crawford numbers. You know, he's actually... I remember when I first saw... I saw Cutter Crawford's debut last year against the Tech... Or was it against the Guardians? I think it was against the Guardians, but... Or the Indians last year at that time. Yeah, I think it was the Indians. But uh, he's actually having himself a really solid time in this rotation he's got an ERA of 4.15 but he has a FIP of 3.73 uh you know that's a pretty solid FIP he's been doing a great job and I think he needs to have a spot in this rotation but you know Nick Pavetta obviously he's still around he did look pretty good the other night but uh you know Bayo he's still in this rotation I feel like Bayo is just not really quite he's just not there yet you know he this is a guy that's trying to figure it out. You know, one actually, one thing I want to point out with Brian Bayo, the ERA looks absolutely miserable through three starts, a 10.50, but he has a FIP of 3.87. So Bayo is actually pitching better than you might think. He's not giving up a lot of hard contact. That's the one thing with Bayo. I think what he just needs to figure it out. He just needs to, you know, what pitches do I throw in this situation? He's got to, you know, just look at the scouting reports with these hitters. And uh, it's just going to take him some time. I just don't think he's really the guy right now that's going to be able to help this rotation. He will be. He is definitely showing some really good stuff. I just don't think he's quite there yet. Um, and you got Winkowski, who didn't really do all that great in this past series. So the rotation right now, obviously, Sale with the broken finger. Waka's been out. Hill, you know, this is a guy where... You know, with when you think of Rich Hill, you know, I think more of a back-end guy, but I would really like to have Rich Hill right now. Uh, someone that you can at least know that he can probably get into the fifth inning. And uh, I feel like the Red Sox really need that right now. Paxton, I don't know if there's any updates. on. So right now with Paxton, the last update that we had, according to the Rotowire News about eight days ago, uh, he remains limited to throwing bullpens and is yet to resume facing live hitters. So... That was about a week ago, and uh, so, I don't know, we're not really hearing anything about James Paxton. I would imagine you're going to see him at some point, maybe in September, um, but yeah, you know, you're missing Waka, you're missing Hill. Sale would have been great to have, but obviously that happened. We haven't seen Barnes in a while. Strom, he has a wrist contusion. He's been out for a little while. Josh Taylor still continues to try to figure it out in the minor leagues. Danish has been out. Um, you got a lot of injuries right now. And then on the offensive side, Story, Devers recently being placed on the uh, I.O. with a hammy. You know, Arroyo, Kike Hernandez has been out what feels like forever. You know, so the Red Sox, they're they're battling right now trying to stay healthy. So what does this mean going into the trade deadline? Let's kind of get into this now. This is the juicy part of, you know, why we're having today's show. Uh with the Red Sox, I've been saying this from the beginning. I think they are not going to be strictly just sellers, right? Because that's you got to remember, you got to look at Hein Bloom and how he has operated in the last couple of years, right? This is a guy. It feels like every trade he's made, every trade 
he's trying to bring back value for the current team as well as the future. That's what he's always done. Every trade he makes, maybe, you know, Schwarber, on the other hand, that was more of like a rental, but he did think he, you know, had a chance of maybe bringing him back. So, I mean, they were, you know, until the Phillies signed him, you had heard the Red Sox connected with him. So you never heard any reports of the Red Sox not wanting to bring him back. Um, So in the end, I think the Red Sox, I think they did want to bring him back. I think just the Phillies were offering more money. So, I mean, honestly, the way the Red Sox, you know, first base situation has been this year. Bobby Dahlbeck had a couple of home runs the other night. I'll give him that. But uh, first base has been really, really an issue for the Red Sox this year. And actually, if I were to go pull up here, the uh, the rankings at first base for the whole season over here on Fangraphs. If you take a look here, Boston, when it comes to production at first base, they rank 28th overall. They have an, a negative 11.6 offense, a negative 12.8 defense. So the Red Sox have had some of the worst production when it comes to first base. So honestly, I, I if you had Schwarber right now, I think that would be great. But uh, hey, what can you do? So again, but getting back to Bloom, he's always made moves to where he, he knows it can help the team now, but also help you for the future I mean you can even look at the Mookie Betts trade when they traded Betts he brought back Verdugo he brought back Jeter Downs he brought back Connor Wong and obviously Verdugo has been a mainstay in this lineup for the last couple of years Jeter Downs has started to emerge this year so yeah while it was painful to lose someone like Mookie Betts he brought in pieces he didn't just sell off bets for prospects he brought in guys that can keep you that can help you have some some sustainability so that's what Bloom does. That's how he operates. He's trying to keep a winning team on the field while also bringing in prospects at the same time, you know, trying to beef up that farm. He's doing that through the draft. He's doing that through international signings. So I like the way Bloom has been going at it. And he goes out there and, and to try and get value, right? He goes after these guys like Nick Pavetta, you know, goes after someone like a Matt Strom, you know, guys that have not had a lot of success, but they bring them into the organization and then they end up fixing up some things and then they end up being really good for them. So, you know, Pavetta is probably the best example out of all of that. When I remember when the Red Sox traded for him a couple of years ago in 2020, they sent over Brandon Workman to the Phillies. Everyone was looking at Pavetta's numbers and they're thinking, what the heck? Well, who's this guy? This guy's got an ERA in like the mid fives. But the one thing with Pavetta is he had a good curveball. And the Red Sox, you know, Hein Bloom's thinking, all right, well, he's got this one weapon, right? If we can kind of fix everything else up, if we can get some, maybe some mechanical issues down, you know, kind of just tinker him a little bit, he can end up being a really good player. If you go back to the draft, the one, the one thing that Bloom and the and and the and that department that were running the draft, they were going after guys who had like some outlandish tools, right? They were picking up guys who had like, like maybe not great control, maybe not like the most velocity, but like guys who had like, like a really good slider or like a really good curveball. Or if you're looking at the offensive end, maybe not a great hit tool, maybe not so much of an athlete, but maybe someone who had like a, a ton of power, right? They had like one tool that was just really good, right? Because if you have that one thing, about you and you can try to work out all these other little kinks you could end up having something and that's what bloom does he looks for value so the question is how is he going to get this value and what is he going what is he going to do you know that's the big question right now uh, alex silva i see a super chat coming in hey robbie how does being a buyer seller work i mean usually for the most part you know guys that are, you know teams that are in contention they're buyers right? Because they want to add to their team. They want to make their team better for the postseason and the structure run as well. You know, maybe that's adding, you know, talent to help you in the playoffs, or maybe even just some depth to kind of help you just get to the playoffs or, you know, a bit of both, you know, you can look at it like that. Um, and then being a seller, if you're just completely out of it, then you're taking advantage of, you're not in that window of contention for probably at least for the next two or three years. So, or maybe even the next year. So, but then I think teams that are well built, some examples like the Red Sox right now, you got the Texas Rangers, you got the Orioles, you know, teams that are right there in that mix, 
right? Like, you know, the Giants too. Teams that are kind of right there on the fringe, um, just on the outside looking in, those teams could probably do a little bit of both. They could sell some pieces, but also bring back some pieces that could help you for next year, you know, get a jump start on the offseason market. So that's, you could do a little bit of both. And I think that's what the Red Sox need to do. And I think that's what they will do. Um, so before I kind of get into s- some players that I think the Red Sox, you know, that we could see come up uh, when it comes to trade talks, I want to talk about Xander Bogarts here. Everyone's talking about, you know, what's going on with Xander Bogarts? Is he going to end up being a guy that gets moved? But at, according to Xander Bogarts himself, not Chris Cotillo or, you know, or whoever, John Heyman, you know, from Xander Bogarts himself, um, he did tell Jason Mastro Donato of the Boston Herald that the Red Sox are not going to trade him. So he was asked whether he's been given personal assurance from the front office that he would be dealt. And Bogart said to him, yeah, I don't know if I should say that, but I hope I don't get in trouble. Uh, or he said, yeah, uh, answering the question. He said, yes, I don't know if I should say that, but I hope I don't get in trouble. But yeah, much better like that. Communication is always huge in everything in life. To get that type of feedback is beneficial, I would say. Taking a look here, we had Heim Bloom as well as Sam Kennedy talking the other day, kind of just what's going on here with the trade deadline. So Heim Bloom, he put he just said it point blank. We're trying to make the postseason. That's as simple as it gets, right? If you want to know what the Red Sox are doing, that's what they're doing. Um But he says here, this declaration made a week prior to the trade deadline seemingly ended some speculation that the Red Sox would look to be deadline sellers, though Bloom did couch his statement with some intriguing caveats. So whatever that means, we're going to explore a lot of stuff at the deadline. Some of them might be things people expect. Some of them might not be. But, you know, we want to get this group into the postseason. And, and, you know, I'm going to be honest here. I'm going to be honest here. When you're looking at when you're looking at the Red Sox, when we're looking at the Red Sox here, they're right there. You know, going back to the standings, you're three and a half out. I know they've been playing terrible lately. I, I think obviously giving up 28 runs to the Blue Jays did obviously not look good. So I think it to people it feels like they're way further out of this thing than you might think. Um, but just looking at the standings, I mean, three and a half out. You know, you're just playing some bad baseball lately. The Red Sox had a really good month of June. They have been a very up and down team, but this is a team and I, you know, maybe I'm sounding a little maybe I'm sounding a little biased here, but I I'm just looking at it from this point of view just as a baseball fan. If the Red Sox get into the postseason playing good baseball and they're healthy, this is a team that they could it could maybe do something in that postseason. I mean, they've definitely been up and down this entire year, but I just think this is a team where right now they're just going through yet another tough stretch. They showed in June how good they could be. Now, if you're taking a look at how they've done against teams that are over 500, not very good, 32 and 41. Um, but they have shown, you know, yeah, that that last series against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium didn't look very good there. But uh, they have shown against the Yankees where they can play against them. And they, you know, when you got Red Sox, Yankees, you know, there's always, it's always going to be a battle no matter what. Uh, My money would go to the Yankees right now. But this Red Sox team, if you just get in, they could do something. They could do something. So we'll have to wait and see. But with the Red Sox, I'm not surprised to see them take this approach. Because you have a good team. You have talent on this team. Um, I mean, sure, yeah, if you feel like you're not going to be in contention of the postseason, then then yeah, maybe look to trade some guys. But I think for the Red Sox, you're not completely out of this thing. And I think you just do a little bit of both. I think um, with Bogarts, yeah, he's been informed he's not going to be traded. I was taking the approach, you know, the last couple of days, if a deal comes up and it ends up helping out your major league team, but also bringing in some prospects at the same time. I wouldn't be completely opposed to it. Um, I have speculated about Raphael Devers before because this is when the Red Sox were playing really bad baseball, wondering if 
that could be an option for the Red Sox because, and the main reason was because you haven't had any sort of feeling that they were coming close to an extension, right? They're supposedly around a hundred million dollars apart in a contract extension. So if you're not going to sign the guy, well, then you might as well just try and take advantage of his value, similar to what the Nationals are doing with Juan Soto. But um, I would think the Red Sox, the feeling that I'm getting with that is they feel like maybe if you go into the offseason, maybe they could get a deal done. They can close the gap a little bit. Because you got to remember here, it is negotiating at the end of the day. Um, you know, Devers is looking for more money. The Red Sox are looking to not give as much money. That's just, that's just negotiating at the end of the day. So I wonder maybe in the offseason they could come to an, extent, uh, an agreement on an extension. And if you can't, that's when you can look to trade Devers. But the reason I was speculating about it is because, you know, Devers right now, I mean, if you were going to sell, that's a guy that could bring you back a pretty package. So uh, Kennedy actually did comment about this saying there's been no discussions or commentary internally or externally about the moves related to the trade deadline involving Sander, Xander, Rafi, or anyone else to my knowledge. At this point, we're focused on getting back in this thing and winning. Not only have talks about the two all-stars not taken place, we don't plan to hold such talks, Heimbloom added. So it definitely seems like those guys are off the table. And, uh, you know, hey, with Bogarts, at the end of the day, the Red Sox, they feel like they have a talented enough team to win this. And I think right now what's holding this team back is just being healthy, having some consistency. You know, I, I think that if the Red Sox can just stabilize this team, they got some talent here. Now, the one guy I wonder Either way, like whatever the Red Sox end up doing, I think one guy to look out for is J.D. Martinez. I do think he, even though he's having himself a really good year, if we were to look at the numbers here, he's having a good year. The power hasn't been quite there like we've seen in the past when he was just obliterating everything just a few years ago. Uh, but he's having himself a really good season, hitting 293. He's got a 361 on base. The slugging is at 466, a 131 WRC+. Plus. Now, I wonder if you could end up moving J.D. Martinez somewhere, but then bringing someone else back in. This is what I think the Red Sox could end up doing. And I, I'm getting a bit of a hunch here that uh, I, I don't think it's really out of the question. And let me actually pull up another uh, story here on J.D. Martinez. This was from a couple of days ago. And uh, this was according to Buster Only. The Red Sox reportedly listening to offers for J.D. Martinez. I'm not surprised about this. And I think if the Red Sox were to trade someone with a name value, I do think it is J.D. Martinez. Now, the question is, is really what could you get back for him? If we're looking at Martinez right now, he's in the last year of his deal. He was on a five-year, $110 million deal. This year, he's making $19,375,000. So we're about, what, 60% through the season now? So you're looking at, he's probably off, he's got, what, I don't know, like seven and a half left on his deal. So that is something to consider here. Now, if we're taking a look at the Red Sox on baseball trade values. Baseball trade values is the best trade simulator out there. Don't even at me. But uh, the Red Sox, looking at their values, looking at J.D. Martinez, you're not going to see a whole lot of value with Martinez. He's got a value of $1.4 million. That's not a high value. That's basically like a low-level prospect. That's going to be like a prospect in the 25 to 30 range on MLB Pipeline. That's not really high. But let's say, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a team that could use some offense. Who's a team that could use some offense? I'm here in Fangraphs taking a look here. Let's look at the team batting rankings as of right now. Let's just go to the DH spot. What is it? Who's a team that could use some offense here? Well, if we're taking a look at the year, at the overall rankings, I mean, you know, maybe Seattle. I know they traded for Carlos Santana. Could they still go after a bat like a J.D. Martinez? Uh, the, the Mets have been trading for a couple of guys. Vogelbach, they got Naquin last night. 
Could they still be out there looking for a bat? JD, I think, could be a, a nice DH for them. The Padres, possibly. Um, maybe the, I don't know, the Braves it might be kind of hard to squeeze them in that lineup with Ozuna. But uh, there are some options out here for JD Martinez. Now, what I think the Red Sox would have to do, let me just kind of, let me put them in the Padres. I'll just use them as an easy, an, an easy example here. So let me put, if you're with me here on, YouTube, you'll be able to see what the trade is looking like. But I'm plugging in J.D. Martinez, $1.4 million value. Now, let's say the Red Sox, they end up paying the rest of his contract for this year. Why would they do that? Well, the more money you can pay on a player's contract, the more that you could get back in return. That's just logistics. So if the Red Sox were to pay the remainder of his salary, they would be able to get back some decent pieces I'm not saying you have to pay the rest of his salary for this year maybe you could pay like 50% of it but that could still maybe end up getting you like a like a decent starting pitcher you know that maybe could give you get you a decent arm for the bullpen you know and if you were to pay the rest of his salary well you're looking at maybe something pretty good you know like a guy that can end up being a good depth piece for you in the rotation um I think JD Martinez is a guy that absolutely could get dealt no matter what the Red Sox end up doing because Martinez is a trade piece for you where you're dealing from a position of strength. You're not having to give up prospects. You're getting rid of a contract that's coming off the books anyway. I really do think J.D. Martinez could be a guy that's dealt. Um, You could end up just keeping him too. But if Martinez is traded by the deadline, I will not be surprised in the slightest I mean Bogarts would be like just because of the name and what he's done for the Red Sox over the years that would be a little surprising to me you know but then again I can also understand why you would deal him and another reason here with Bogarts I'm going to point this out too I'm not I'm going to point this out too um with Xander Bogarts there's not much of a market for him anyway you know it's a pretty limited market you could maybe go to the Phillies you know, you got Didi Gregorius there, who's not really having himself a good year. So Bogarts could fit there. But other than that, there's not a whole lot of spots. You got the Cardinals, possibly. I mean, you could move, Edmund could move off of short. And then you got Gorman. So it's like, what? I don't know. So you could move him. But there's, I honestly think they, I think they've looked into it. And I think they thought, you know what? There's nothing even worth out there. We might as well just keep him and just go for this thing. You know, it's always the fun thing to, you know, look at trades, right? But a lot of the times when you don't have a market, you you might be just better off holding on to the guy. And especially if you are in contention. So I'll be honest with you. I, I think, you know, some people might look at the Bogarts thing and think, no, the Red Sox, they just love him. They want to hang on to him. No, I think there just wasn't really any market for him. I just don't think there was really any place to send him where you were going to get anything worth any bit of value back. So that's what I think. I just don't think there was anything out there. So because there's not really a lot of teams that are looking for shortstops. So you could move guys around. But here's the thing. You know, Bogarts is a guy that has made it clear in the past that he wants to play short, right? He sees himself as a shortstop. You, I mean, sure, you could move Bogarts to second or third. You know, you could move some other guys off. But Bogarts is a guy, he has made it clear he wants to play shortstop. So that's what kind of makes it a little tougher as well. But again, J.D. Martinez, I think, could get moved. I would probably say right now, I would say 70% chance maybe 65, somewhere in that range. I think there's a chance he does stay, but he is a trade piece that the Red Sox could use. And another thing that would help for the Red Sox as well, if you did if you did trade J.D. Martinez, is that that would free up a spot in your lineup. So, you know, that's kind of been a thing here where like you've had guys that it's kind of, it's been a little difficult to maybe get some guys in the lineup. Now, I mean, J.D. Martinez has obviously been a good piece in that lineup, but you know, if you were to, let's say, trade Martinez, well, now 
that frees up a spot for Dahlback. That, you know, Cordero could get into this lineup a little bit more. Cordero's been pretty ice cold, so, like, I don't really know if there's really going to be much for him. But basically what I'm saying here is that it's offering more flexibility. But, but you could now bring in another piece. And the guy that I think that the Red Sox need to go for, this is a bigger name. This is a bigger name. Oh, we can't have this spam in the chat. What are we doing here? What are we doing? Um, A guy that I think that the Red Sox could go for is Josh Bell. I think he just makes a lot of sense for them. He's going to be a free agent after this year. So I think you could move Martinez and you could bring in Josh Bell. He can play first and you could do a bit of a, you know, a rotation of sorts for the designated hitter spot. You could do Dahlback, Cordero. You could basically use that spot more for like platoons in a way for just different matchups and whatnot. So I think Bell is a guy you need to look for to bring into Boston. I think you need to look into this. Um, he's having a great year with the Nationals. There's no reason for the Nationals to hang on to him. He's hitting 302, 13 homers, a 387 on base, 490 slugging, 142 WRC plus. And uh, but then again, you know, and he's never really been the smoothest out there at first. You could just have him be your DH, and then you could, you know, you can just stick with Dahlback and whatever Cordero at first. But I think I honestly, I'd rather just have Bell. At first, to be completely honest with you, instead of just doing the, you know this this bounce around at first base, so I would want Josh Bell. Um, so basically, at the end of the day, if you were to trade Martinez and bring in Josh Bell, you could just hang on to Martinez and then just bring in Bell too. That's that's also an option too, and then your lineup is looking really good at that point. But if you were to get Martinez, if Mar- if you were to use Martinez as a trade piece, maybe for some starting pitching or a bullpen guy. I could, that's where I, you know, it makes sense to me. If you can use Martinez to upgrade other parts of your team, but then also bring in Josh Bell, I think that is the route that you need to, uh, that you need to go. So, because the Red Sox, they need starting pitching. They need, we definitely could use a bullpen arm. We're going to have to see what route they would go. But for Josh Bell, let me actually here uh, put in, on baseball trade values that, uh, or let me put in Josh Bell. He's not going to cost a whole lot. He's a rental. He's a first baseman. First baseman tend not to have a ton of value just because of the position. Um, so let me take out Martinez here. Now, I don't think you're going to trade Martinez for Josh Bell. That's not really going to make a lot of sense. So let me take Martinez out of this. So Josh Bell, as you can see here with me, he has a value of $5.3 million. So that's not really going to cost you a whole lot. Now, hold on, why is Martinez not out of this? Come on, what is going on here? One second. There we go. So if I were to go to the Red Sox top prospects. Taking a look here. Now, for Bell, you're probably looking at someone maybe in like the mid-range. You could do, I don't know. I mean, you got some you got some guys that have really started to turn it up a little bit in the minors. Like Brandon Walters had himself a pretty good year. Jay Groom has started to do a lot better. He's moved up to AAA. I don't think the Red Sox would want to part with some pitchers like that. I could see them maybe parting with someone. You got Gilberto Jimenez down here. He's a little further away. Miguel Blyce, I don't think they would want to part with him. That's a highly regarded international signing that they made. So I think that would be pretty tough. You got Alex Benalis. They traded for him. They got him in the Jackie Bradley Jr. trade. Uh, you know, there's a lot of pieces here that uh, you definitely could use to get a deal done. Maybe even something like, I don't know, maybe like a Bonacci or something. So let me actually put in some pieces here. So if I'm looking, you know, like I did mention Groom. You could do Jay Groom. He has a $3.5 million value. So maybe the Nationals would want him in a deal. So you could do like Jay Groom and Bonacci for Josh Bell. I would hate to lose someone like Groom, but because I think, you know, this is a first round draft pick from not too long ago. Uh, You know, he's had some ups and downs with injuries and whatnot, but I I think Groom would be a pretty nice piece to have for the Red Sox in the future. But uh, if it, you know, would you want to give up someone like that for Bell? Now with Bonacci, he's kind of blocked. 
you know, I, I don't really see maybe, you know, ends up being like a utility kind of a guy. But uh, if I were to take out, let me take out Groom here. I would think Bloom would really not want to part with him. You did got you do have uh, McDonough, um, who you drafted last year. You know, is he really going to have much of a spot? I don't know, but you could just put him in there. Um, you know, Connor Siebold, he made his debut this year. He, he's he's dealing with some injury stuff. Could you just part with him? You got Paulino. Paulino right now, he is, where is he? He is uh, Edison Polino. He's the number 19 prospect. So maybe something like that. Polino and Bonacci, that would be the 19 and 20 in your system. Maybe you could do someone like Thad Ward as well for the Red Sox in their rankings. He's number 15. Ward right now is a $1.1 million value. So maybe you could do something like that, like Bonacci, Polino, and Ward. The 15, the 19, and the 20. So I could see something like this, you know? I think the Red Sox definitely should look into getting Bell. It's going to bring some stability to that position. And uh, he's a switch hitter. I think he would do really well at Fenway Park. Now, if we're looking at other parts of the team, right? The uh, It's funny because, you know, the Red, I'm talking about Josh Bell here, but the offense isn't really something I'm totally worried about. What I really want for the Red Sox to do is, is bring in some pitching. That's what I'm really looking for. Uh, I've already mentioned the pitching seems to be a little short. Um, you know, not, not seems to be. It is a little short. But there are options out there. I mean, obviously, the big cat is Luis Castillo. I'm going to be honest with you. I think the Red Sox could make a phone call. because the, And the one reason is because he is under control. Now, you could get a deal done for Castillo if you really wanted to. I just don't see Bloom doing it, you know, even if he would have Castillo for another year of control. Um, I think that would be just awesome if they got him. If they got Castillo, I would do cartwheels. Like, that would be amazing to me. But uh, pulling up Castillo here, he has a $41.2 million value. That's going to be a good chunk of change that you're going to have to give up. And when you're looking at the Red Sox right now, when you're looking at guys that could close the gap in terms of value, well... You know, Bayo is going to be off limits. I'm, I'm just going to say this right now. I don't see the Red Sox trading. I don't know. The only guy in their top 10 that I could see them trading, maybe Jeter Downs. He is still considered a prospect. Maybe Jeter Downs. But then again, I could also see them wanting to hang on to him just because, you know, with Bogarts becoming a free agent, he's going to opt out of his deal. Jeter Downs I could see as a possibility, but... You got someone like Walter, who has had a really good year this year. Lefty, just climbing up into the system. He's all the way up in AAA now, but he hasn't really done very well in AAA. He was really good at AA. So Walter could be someone. You got uh, Wickelman Gonzalez, who's pretty far away. He's an A-ball right now. He's not doing very good in uh, Salem. Uh, And then you got Chris Murphy, who's had himself a really good year, uh, both in AA and AAA. Overall, he's got a 2.79 ERA in the minors this year. So you could see some guys in the top 10. I don't think you're going to see Meyer. I don't think you're going to see Cassis, Bayo, or York get moved. Those are not going to be guys that are going to get moved. So you can take those guys off the table. There is another guy, Kadeni Raffaella. He has really emerged in the Red Sox system this year. He's really turned into a fun player. He's number 26 on Pipeline right now. Uh, He's having himself a really good year. Uh, In the minors this year, he's hitting 309, a 348 on base. He's got 16 homers, 57 RBIs. He's got some speed, too. He's got 21 stolen bases this year. He's really like an all-around player right now. Could the Red Sox use him as some trade bait? He has a $15 million value right now. So that could be a piece that you throw in here. But when you're looking at guys that can close the gap in terms of value, that's where the Red Sox, they're still building up that farm. You got some nice pieces at the top, but you got to start filling it out. Someone like Blaze Jordan has a value of $5 million. Walter, who I mentioned, is right around $5 million. You got Miguel Blyce, who's $4 million. Lugo. 5.6. I just don't see the Red Sox getting this done. They would have to part with someone like Nick York to push the needle or maybe even a Bram Bayo, but I just don't see Bloom doing it. So I don't think Luis Castillo is going to be a guy that the Red Sox are going to go after. Uh, 
Frankie Montaz, possibly, but he's been having shoulder issues. I wonder, I could maybe see Bloom doing something like that, where he has not been afraid of taking guys that, you know, could be having some issues, you know, health-wise. He has done that in the past. And uh, with Montaz, he's going to be cheaper than Castillo. So with Castillo, he had a value of around $41 million. Montaz, $27 million. That's not, you would have to part, I would think Kadeni Rafaela is a guy that you would have to part with in that kind of a deal. Um, and then it, right now, so you're at, with him in that deal, you're around $12 million apart. But then you could just throw in, you could throw in guys like, you know, Lugo and then a Wickelman Gonzalez. And then you could get a deal done for Montaz here, at least according to the values. Again, it is going to come down to what will the A's want? So I will not, for me, Luis Castillo, I would say a 5% chance. I don't see that happening. Of course, anything's always possible, but I'm pretty much just going to throw that off the table. With a Montaz, I would say maybe 30 to 40% chance. I could see something like that because the Red Sox could get a deal done and he has another year of control, which I know Bloom would like. So that's very possible. Um, I actually see in the chat here, I do see in the chat someone suggesting Noah Syndergaard. Noah Syndergaard absolutely, I think, could be a piece for the Red Sox. He's not going to cost you a whole lot. Uh, he gets a pretty decent amount of ground balls. The Red Sox infield this year is very good. So Syndergaard could be an option. The Angels, I would imagine, this is a guy that they're going to try and unload. Um, he's having himself a pretty good year. 3.83 ERA at 3.96 FIP. So I would look out for someone like Syndergaard. He would be just a rental. He's owed money. That's the thing. He signed himself a pretty decent contract with the Angels for this year, $21 million. So you're probably looking at around 9 to $10 million left on his deal. So the Red Sox would probably have to absorb that. Um, but Syndergaard is not going to cost a whole lot. If I pull up his value, if you're looking at Syndergaard here, he's not going to cost a lot. I think around $4 million or so. Yeah, $4.5 million. So you could pull something off for Syndergaard. I could see the Red Sox doing something like that. I think Bloom would want someone under control. So I would put Syndergaard a little less likely than some other guys. But uh, he's definitely an option if you just want some depth for the rotation for this year. I could see something like that. Um, I mean, you could probably just give up a, just a pitching prospect. You know, you could just give up like a, you know, someone like a Chris Murphy, you know, you can pro you can do Thad Ward and like a couple other pieces as well. So I wouldn't count out Syndergaard for the Red Sox really at all. Uh, if we're taking a look at some other pieces, and actually one other piece I do want to mention, there is on the A's, if you weren't going to go Montaz, now I wonder if the A's would actually maybe want to possibly hang on to him, but there is Paul Blackburn. You could do Blackburn. Now, that's a guy that's under a lot of control. And uh, if I were to actually pull him up here, he is not a free agent, I believe, for like another three or four years. So looking at Blackburn, as of right now, Blackburn, uh, the ERA has started to climb up a little bit. It's a 4.35. The FIP is a 3.92. But a uh, good amount of ground balls, that could be good for a, a good infield defense with the Red Sox. So he had a really rough start against the Rangers his last time out. He gave up 10 runs on 10 hits. So I don't know if that's really something that the Red Sox would like to see, but he has a lot of control. 2026 is when he's a free agent. Um, I think they would, honestly, I, I feel like the Red Sox would almost rather just have Montas, you know, but it's possible. So I would not count out Blackburn or Syndergaard. There is Molly. Now, if you were to go to the Reds, you know, talk some starting pitching, there is Tyler Molly uh, pulling him up here. He's going to cost way less than a Luis Castillo, but uh, he's still going to cost you a, a decent amount. So let's pull him up here. About $24 million. So pretty similar to, um, pretty similar to what Montas would be. So the Red Sox could get a deal done for Molly if they really wanted to. It's possible. So I wouldn't I wouldn't discount him. He's having himself a pretty decent year. Uh, the ERA is around mid four, but his FIP is in the high threes. So he's 
His FIP is definitely showing that he's pitching better than what the ERA says. But uh, some other guys that I think could maybe, I, I don't, probably not though. I mean, because it's the same situation as Castillo where you're just going to have to give up too much. Pablo Lopez, I mean, I, I don't I don't see it. I would actually put Pablo Lopez as a, as a less chance for the Red Sox. Like if I had Luis Castillo as a 5%, I could see Pablo Lopez as like a 2%. I just don't, I don't see Pablo Lopez, but his name is out there. Um, another option, the Astros this past week, they were in the news about looking to possibly deal a starting pitcher. And uh, one guy I would keep an eye out for is Jose Urquidy. I could see something like this because he has a lot of control. He's not going to cost a whole ton. Now, if I were to pull up the Astros, let's do a trade with the Astros and the Red Sox. So, and that's the thing with the Astros is because they've they got a ton of starting pitching and they're doing really well. So you could essentially, and you know, if they want to try and upgrade at catcher, you know, or try to upgrade at first base, you know, Yuli Gurriel has not been having himself a really great year. But uh, you could deal from a position of strength and possibly part with a back-end guy like an Urquidy. Um, he's worth $11 million. I could see the Red Sox doing something like this. It's very possible. So he's not going to cost a whole lot. And that's a guy that you can have in your rotation for the next couple of years. So look out for someone like a Jose or Keedy. I could see something like that. And even someone like a Christian Javier. You know, could you possibly, instead of Urquidy, could you do Christian Javier? He's at $17 million, so he's going to cost you more. But uh, I could see the Red Sox and Astros coming together as a possible trade partner or as possible trade partners where Christian Javier, that's a guy that can also bounce back and forth, you know, rotation bullpen. I could see the Red Sox maybe liking that. So look out for the Red Sox and the Astros maybe coming together on a deal. Uh, there is another guy, Tarek Skubal on the Tigers. They're just a, as John Bitzer of MLB or of baseball trade values likes to say, uh, the Tigers are just an absolute mess. But uh, taking a look, Skubal, he would cost you a bit. Young guy, he's got some control. He's not going to be a free agent until 2027. But the Tigers, it looks like they really uh, jumped the gun when it came to trying to accelerate this rebuild. And uh, but now Scooble, they've they have a, they have they still have some top pieces in that farm, but the farm is not looking as pretty as it did in the last couple of years. But uh, Scooble is a trade piece that they could use to bring in some pieces, but I don't know. Again, he's going to cost you a lot, 48 and a half million. So he's in the same boat with Castillo, Pablo Lopez, you know, he's just probably going to cost too much, but I could see maybe something like that. Um, for a bullpen guy, for a bullpen guy, for the Tigers, you could look at someone like a Gregory Soto, left-handed arm, power arm, Having himself a pretty good year with the Tigers this year. They got a good bullpen. That's one thing about the Tigers. But a 2.43 ERA, 3.33 FIP. Uh, he does tend to walk some guys. But, hey, the Red Sox haven't been afraid of that, bringing in a Jake Diekman. So you could essentially go after some. Soto, the one thing he does do well, he doesn't give up a lot of home runs. 0.27 home runs per nine. So that's very possible. You could go after someone like a Gregory Soto if you're looking at his value. He's worth $11 million, so it's going to cost you a couple of pieces. But, uh, you know, someone like a Seth Lugo, Wickelman Gonzalez, maybe one more piece like a Bonacci, um, you could get a deal done there. So I'd look out for Gregory Soto. For the, I know I'm talking starting pitching, but if you were to talk more bullpen, I could see something like that. Uh, one other guy here that I actually have my eye on. I wonder, I don't know if the Padres would do it, but I wonder if Blake Snell could be an option. The Red Sox, they have been connected with Blake Snell in the past, and obviously Heim Bloom has been connected with Blake Snell going back to their days with the Rays. But uh, Blake Snell, I find could be a pretty intriguing option because the Padres, this is where I wonder... Could you, if, remember I was talking about J.D. Martinez, right? Now, hear me out here. Hear me out. Now, this might this might be a little out, too much out of the Red Sox's uh, asking price. But hear me out here. 
Remember earlier I was talking about J.D. Martinez possibly, you know, that could be a fit for the for the Padres. So the Padres, as we've known, they have a lot. They have some good starting pitching this year. It has been showing some cracks lately, but maybe they could go another route and then they could go after someone like Frankie Montas or Luis Castillo, maybe another arm out there. So they could maybe get some pieces back for someone like a Blake Snell and then they could use those pieces for someone else. Blake Snell has been pitching really well. So that's why I wonder if they would even go this route. You know, Mackenzie Gore, obviously, who knows what's going to be happening with his elbow moving forward. Um, you know, I don't know. But Blake Snell, I wonder. Let's uh, one more time here, pulling up his numbers. He's got an ERA of 4.75. That does not look great, but he has a FIP of 3.58. So. He's pitching better than it seems. Now, let's pull up Snell. With Snell, his value has really taken a hit this year because he is, and just for the last couple of years, where is he on here? Blake Snell. He's got a $1.2 million value. You know, like he's not going to cost a lot. He's been pitching well lately. If you were to go to his game log, uh, well, except for a start a couple of starts ago. He had a bad start against the Rockies, but he had a couple of starts there against the Giants and the Dodgers. He only gave up a run, six innings against the Giants, five innings against the Dodgers. He had a good start against the Mets, four hits allowed, no runs, five innings. I wonder, man. Hey, I'm just going to say this right now. Let, let me let me get back to the trade that I was putting together. Everyone, lady, ladies and gentlemen, if you are with me, Dude, why don't you just do Blake Snell for J.D. Martinez? You know? The Padres could use a bat. Red Sox could use some pitching. I mean, I'm just saying. You know, you can just do a swap here. And uh, I guess it just depends if the Padres would want to give him up. But when I'm looking at the Padres, you know, that offense could use a bit of a boost. I know you got Luke Voigt there as your designated hitter. You know, J.D. can play some outfield. It's not like he's completely just limited out there. Let me actually pull up here. He has played some outfield this year, I believe. Uh, of course, his strength. Well, no, he's actually been a designated hitter every game. Last year, he did play some outfield. You don't want J.D. Martinez in the outfield as much as, you, as, as possible. But you could maybe possibly find a spot. I mean, Voight has not really done all that much this year. He's been okay. He's got 12 homers. He's hitting 222. I mean, JD Martinez is an upgrade, I think. He's not going to be he's not going to give you as much power as Voight. But uh you know, hey, you know Luke, Luke Yamaguchi in the chat, Snell and Voight for JD Martinez. Maybe you could do something like that. What I'll take Luke Voight. You know, if I were to get someone like Blake Snell for the rotation, I mean, let's see what that would look like here. Let's put in Voight. Voight actually has a negative value right now. So <laughs> this actually now, now, hold on a second. If the Red Sox were to, let's see. So Blake Snell, he's currently on a contract where he's not a free agent until 2024. He's making 10 million a year. If the Padres gave the Red Sox a little bit of cash, you, I mean, you could essentially do this trade right here. You could do the Red Sox getting Blake Snell and Luke Voigt and the Padres getting J.D. Martinez. So you're just swapping designated hitters. The Padres are getting an upgrade at DH. The Red Sox are getting a starting pitcher. But, you know, maybe for the Padres, this would be enough of an upgrade and they feel like they could maybe add another starting pitcher somewhere else. Um, I could see this. Absolutely. So we'll have to keep an eye on this for the future, but I would not sleep on Blake Snell being a trade candidate. And actually, if we were to go, I believe there was a story recently about him. If I'm on baseball trade values, um, it says here, uh, furthermore, someone like Blake Snell 
could be dealt to try and stay under the luxury tax threshold as avoiding another tax payment is another consideration. So uh, if you're swapping J.D. Martinez and Blake Snell, you're essentially just swapping salaries at that point. So I would imagine there would probably have to be some cash going back to the Padres. So if I were to do this, let's have the Red Sox send over some cash, possibly. And uh, I don't know, let's just do like $5 million. And then for the Red Sox, they would be able to maybe get a little bit more out of this if they were to send some, ca you know, pay some of Martinez's salary. They'll take Snell, they can pay Martinez a little bit, and uh, that can help them stay under the luxury tax. But I definitely could see this. Absolutely. So this is one trade I am going to be looking out for. Look out for Blake Snell. So um, I believe. Those are all the candidates that I have. But there's definitely some options out here for the Red Sox. You got you got a few needs here. I definitely think first base is an area that you should try to upgrade. Pitching, you got you got to get some pitching. You got to get some starting pitching. Um, to be honest with you, if they were to pull off a trade for Blake Snell, I would love that. But uh, it's going to be interesting. I don't think they're going to go after any big names like Castillo. Montaz, maybe. I don't see that, though. But uh, someone like Snell, I think, could make some sense. I do. I, I keep saying that. But the more I think about it, the more I feel like it could make some sense. So we'll have to wait and see. But for the Red Sox, they need some pitching. They need to get healthy. I'm not surprised to see them come out and say, yeah, we're not selling. We want to try and make the playoffs. We, we feel like we have a good enough team here. We could get this done. So they could. They could get hot, add a couple of pieces, bring – some stability to the team a little bit. They could go on a bit of a run and then they can end up getting in as a third wild card, right? So Heim Bloom, he is definitely going to be working the phones. And uh, I don't think he's going to be selling off pieces like Bogarts, Devers, Evaldi. Martinez, though, I do think he could sell. Absolutely, I think he could. Um, look out for that. But it's going to be an exciting deadline. And uh, we got a few days here. We got one, two, three, four more days until the deadline. So I'm excited for it. I know all of you are excited for it. Um, everyone, on your way out, if you can, hit the like button for me. And uh, don't forget about our sponsor for today's show, Bet Online. Uh, use the code Believe50, B L E A V 50, to get a 50% welcome bonus. Definitely take advantage of that if you're into the sports betting game. And also, we did have a couple of super chats. We did have a couple of super chats from earlier. Uh, I just want to point those out here uh, before I do get out of here. We have Alex Silva, Campusano, and Myers for JD. Move Myers to first. Would you do that? Um, I wouldn't mind Campusano. I wouldn't mind Myers... I, I mean, I wouldn't mind. I could see something like that, possibly, for sure. I'm thinking with Myers has a negative value right now. Let me look at his, uh, since I already have the Red Sox and the Padres pulled up. Yeah, Myers has a negative six value. So, and yeah, you could, you could just part, you could just put Campusano with him. I mean, yeah, this is definitely possible. I think you could get this done. So that's an option, right? Let me take out the cash. Hold on. I'm just putting this deal together. And then, yeah. So if you're looking here, oh, let me take out Voight. I mean, you could put Voight in this deal too, maybe. But uh, yeah, you could do something like this. Myers, you know, you, I guess you could put Myers at first. Has he even played any first base this year? I mean, remember they did put Schwarber at first last year. He hadn't really played first before. I mean, Meyer's is actually in AAA right now. Well, he's on a rehab assignment, but I don't know. He's not really going to really help your team all that much. You would be getting someone like Campusano, and that would basically signal the end for Christian Vasquez moving forward. I wouldn't totally discount that, Alex Silva. I think you're, I think you're, you're on to something there. Um, I'd look out for. I think the Red Sox and Padres could definitely match up. Uh, Jared Cole, $5 super chat. Tigers get Bobby Miller, Eddie's Leonard, and Michael Grove. Dodgers get 
Uh, Tariq Skubal, Andrew Chafin, thoughts on the mock trade? I think Skubal with the Dodgers would be awesome. Chafin would be a nice bullpen piece for them. Uh, for the Tigers, you're upgrading. Uh, you're getting some more pitching for that minor league system. And, uh, you know, Bobby Miller would be a great addition for them. Uh, I like the trade on paper. I think for the Dodgers, that would be a really nice piece to get someone like a Skubal. Um, you know, yeah, I think for the Dodgers, that would help them right now. And uh, you're giving up some pieces, you know, for the future. So I think that could be a trade that works out for both sides. Absolutely. Uh, 1E, do you think the Red Sox could get in on Drury? Uh, possibly. You know, with Drury, I'm thinking here, I, don't, I just don't really know where you would play him. You know, they're pretty just, the only spot really, I mean, you could put him at first, I guess. If you're looking at Drury, he has played a couple of games at first this year. Uh, he's played eight games at first. so They could. It's possible. I wouldn't discount that. He's having himself a pretty good year, slugging a 515. So, and he's cheap too. That's something I could see Bloom liking. He's only making 900000 this year, so he's not going to cost a whole lot. Um, I don't think he's really going to cost a lot in terms of prospects either. So let me pull up Drury here. Uh, 6.4 million might be a bit for a rental. I don't know. It's, I wouldn't say it's a whole lot. It's possible. I could see it. So the thing with Drury though, is he is a free agent. If he had another year of control, I could see maybe Bloom being a little more interested, but I mean, sure. Yeah. For first base, if you wanted to bring in Drury, I think Bell would be the better option as of right now. Um, but yeah, Drury could definitely be a fallback option for sure. So either way, Bloom, he will do something. Most likely he'll bring in guys that you've just never heard of before. He'll bring in some guys maybe that could be kind of wackadoodle moves. We're just going to have to wait and see what ends up happening. But everyone, um, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go work on some other content for the channel uh, on your way out. If you can hit the like button and everyone, if you're listening from wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, thank you for joining me today on episode 13 of the believe in Red Sox podcast. We got a busy trade deadline coming up. What are the Red Sox going to do? We're just going to have to wait and see everyone have yourself a great day and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.